Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you are in the right place. Let's get started. So thank you once again for choosing to listen, and also the fact that this topic has taken your interest um, because this is a topic that I am so deeply connected to sharing about because it comes from not just my experience as a life coach, but also um, basically having been um, a daughter-in-law on the land and in family business for my first 15 years of my married life. So that is, you know, this episode is for all my gutsy ladies out there, my midlife gutsy ladies, who may be feeling some challenges or elements of stuckness because they've got to their position um, in the family business and particularly family business on the land as what I would describe as a matriarch. So these beautiful women have um, come to this phase in their life where they are key owners in the business on the land or even off the land but in a business and starting to bring in other family members through marriage and also starting to consider um, the elements of succession planning and what life could look like when they don't have full-time work or don't have to work um, that pre-retirement and retirement phase but the stuckness can be around the fact that there's a lot of competing demands because it's how can I be a matriarch in this position? How can I be a business owner in this position and bringing on these family members, which I'm super excited about? And how can I navigate with fairness and, um, you know, with absolute strong communication so that my needs and my husband's needs are met as we navigate right into retirement and beyond. So as I said, this topic does come from the heart for me. I seem to say that in a lot of my episodes, but I really qualify this as not only as the fact that um, I've you know helped so many people through transitions in their life, but peculiarly for my women on the land because I had 15 years of being that daughter on the, daughter-in-law on the land, and also to be fair, as I was preparing for this episode, what I reflected on is for the first 15 years of my married life, I hoped I would be a matriarch on the land. I hoped when I got into my 50s that I would be in a position of business ownership on the land with my husband and starting to introduce other family members. Um, That has not been my journey, but having 15 years of being that daughter-in-law, I'm finding myself having conversations with girlfriends who are in this position as a matriarch and 
in the position of thinking about how to transition into their next phases and asking me lots of questions. So this is for you. This is my pearls of wisdom, but what it really is is three key things that I've, um, that if I was in your position as a matriarch, I'd be most mindful of. And it's also three areas that when I have watched uh, family businesses and particularly those on the land navigate this whole next phase and navigate it really, really well, they have been so cognizant of those three things. So I'm going to share what that is and what they are. Um, but I just want to sort of say up front, why, why also would my experience as a life coach be useful for anyone in this position? Why are girlfriends ringing me, not just as a girlfriend, they're ringing me because they know of my coaching experience. Um, and for some of them, some of their children have actually used my skills, you know, basically been clients as a life coach. And that what they've seen is they've watched their children grow in such awareness, um, particularly self-awareness and emotional management skills, that's helping them as they navigate as being part of the succession process. So I think the biggest thing as a life coach, what I can bring to the table on this is the fact that two key skills that I have learned in my training and honed in my experience is active listening skills. So I literally spend way more time with my mouth shut and my ears open, except when I'm recording podcasts. Um, I spend way more time in a coaching um, session, mouth shut, ears open, listening and actively listening and questioning and asking questions but also identifying patterns and helping my clients to identify their own patterns so that then they can choose once they've recognized these patterns, are they helpful? Do they want to move forward with it? Or would they like to change this? And the other part to this is the fact that, as I said before, I was a daughter-in-law. I was, I was probably the dreaded, most dreaded of daughters-in-law because I came not from the land. I came with absolutely no background in family business. My father um, worked as an insurance agent and he was self-employed, but he didn't own his own business per se. And so I didn't come from a family business. I didn't come from a family business on the land. And I didn't come also from that intergenerational um, sort of upbringing, which can be so intertwined and so many layers of wealth associated with it as well. So there are three things that I would really love to share, and it's for my beautiful matriarchs really to be aware of as they start to navigate this and probably as they start to navigate it and start to feel it's quite challenging. These are three things that I think are behind why it can be so challenging to start to go down the path of bringing in other family members, bring on the whole uh, process of succession planning, but most importantly, be being those leaders in this family business and navigating everyone else's needs as well as your own. 
because let's be honest, you haven't worked this hard and created what you've created to not bear the fruits of it and and to not have this process that you're about to go through, not to be seamless, but to have it as joyful as possible. And that's really what life's all about. So the three things to be really aware of. Number one, one of the most massive things about being in business full stop is the intertwine between your identity and your business. Now, I know that in my own business, I've known it in my past businesses, and I know it very much on the land. It is so hard sometimes to divorce yourself from your business, your identity, um, who you are in your business and your identity of who you are on the land and just being yourself, your identity just as yourself. So I hope these next statements will help clarify what I'm talking about. You are not your business. You are not your pieces of land or piece of land. You are not your family. You are you. (laughs) You are potentially the head of the business, the owner of the business, head of the family, the owner of that land. But there are two distinctions there. Your identity is so important to be seen as you, as separate from these assets and these activities and and the whole business itself, and particularly the land. And why I say that is unless you can see yourself as distinct from those assets and those activities, then it becomes such an emotional turmoil, potential turmoil. Because when you start the process of bringing in other family members, um, and also the process of choosing what what you want to go down the path of with regard to handing over assets or handing over management and then assets and all of that intergenerational change. If you are so inextricably linked to that land and that business as being you, then when anyone makes comments about what they want or don't want, you can take it so personally. Whereas if you see yourself as you and you happen to be the owner of these assets and businesses you're talking about, when someone makes a comment around the businesses and what they want or don't want or or what they will do or won't do, it's about the business, not about you as an individual. And, And it is so hard on the land, particularly when you've come up through intergenerational. So in in my case, um, when we had our eldest, our firstborn, Jack, he was the fourth generation living on the land at that time. So there was so much, I mean, it was beautiful on so many levels that there was just this next generation coming through, next generation coming through. And there was so much history. And when we talk about history straight away, we can bring on that beautiful emotion that comes with it, which has got pride and um an attachment. But then the negative to that is pride and attachment. <laughs> and when we're looking at transfers of assets and, and changes in roles and descriptions with decades of change, let alone the whole world changing so dramatically, it can become such an emotional 
conversation. And so to we we know that humans by default, unless we are operating not as a robot but as a truly empowered person, our emotions will overtake any of our rationality. And and so it's it's not uncommon, and you'll know stories of this when families have started to bring in other family members and or they've actually started the process of creating a process of succession planning and it all ends up in a massive blue and no one talks to each other and it's all over in a teacup, like it's done. And that's because the emotions have overridden the um, decisions, like the real executive function um, rational decisions that can be made. So my my point here around identity and divorcing yourself from your business and your own personal identity is very much about those businesses that I've watched that have done this process super well. They were able to see themselves as distinct from the business. They ran the business very differently too. They ran the business as a business. Yes, it was successful or it wasn't successful, but they weren't attached personally to that outcome. The land and the pieces of land that a lot of these um, people that I've watched do well, and they had accumulated significant um, operations within their business, they were still their own person, whether they had those businesses or not. So the structures that they set up were very rational, very objective. And the conversations that they were able to have um, were mostly in part less emotional and more objective and more productive. It wasn't all intertwined with the emotional piece of it. Now, I am going to say that a lot of those that I've witnessed do this well have done this well from a very business-like perspective also because the way that they came to the land was quite professional, as in they had um, the asset handover had been done in a way that was quite, um, you know, in a less emotional way. So, of course, that's what tends to happen. Our experience often, without knowing anything else, our experience will lead us to act in a certain way. So by default, some of these people just naturally went into a more business-like approach to this and they divorced themselves and their identity from this. And a lot of these people also have seen themselves outside of the land. They've seen themselves as the golfer, the fisherman, for example, um, the traveller. They had hobbies outside of the land. They had a very healthy perspective of what the business was and then who they were as humans. Now, do I mean that this makes them better or worse? No, I'm not. And I really hope that this episode doesn't come across as a, you know, thou shalt do anything because I hope if you know me well enough, that is never my intention. But these have been my observations. And also, just so you know, I did a training with an incredible woman called Lynn Sykes. It would be almost 20 years ago I did the training to become um, a family farm business facilitator. So I would help people with succession planning. I loved that course. It gave me so much insight and understanding of why it can be so challenging to do family succession and also how to do it well. And But I didn't pursue it. And um, it's funny, I actually think if I pursued it now, I would pursue it in such a different way. And I think... It would be super successful. But it's 
it's it gave me so much knowledge and num- number one was really understanding the distinction between being a owner in a business and being separate from that business personally and it just makes life easier when you're starting to have conversations about bringing in other family members structures and um, bringing in family members that maybe not working in the business and also how to transfer all of this. So I just, yeah, number one is be really clear that you are not your business. You've never been your business. You probably love so many elements of that business, but you are still you and you are distinct from that and it helps to make things less personal. Okay, the second thing is that be really, really careful about this experience that you went through to come to ownership of this land and business and the experience you went through and 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 the fact that this does not have to be exactly the same experience for your children coming into the business, your children's partners coming into the business and even the succession of it. Because once again, humans, you know, go on autopilot unless we know better and unless we know how to do it differently. And so if our experience, say, for example, say you are someone who's, um, and you know, back in the those days it was very much about generational transfer to the son and it was like your dad um, came back from the war, was not particularly healthy and he died, you know, in his 50s, which left you in your 18, 20, 22-year-old state you were the eldest born and so the land and the business was given was handed over to you in inheritance now when I say given to you at that point that business was handed over to you but then of course you've gone on and I would say I'm going to make generalizations brought another partner in and I'm thinking about a couple of people I know where they've got married and that's how the land transfer had happened and then these people have created extraordinary businesses from there but they got to have the reins by a sad consequence. But because they've had that is their experience of building this business and chipping in together and just doing whatever it took to make it happen and you had um, ownership of the business from that moment but also management um, idea, you know, management control from that moment forward and then built and built and built, just because that's been your experience Be careful how you are navigating what's coming on for you now because unless that has happened, unless unfortunately your partner has passed away and that's what you're doing with your eldest born, then just because that's been your experience, just remember that's the lens that you are using every time you interact with other members in the business and just be careful about it because if you have had that experience and then now you've got other family members coming into the business and they aren't doing the same actions. Right? They're not prepared to, you know, down tools and be 100% in the business and and work in it like a navvy like you did. Remember, it's, it's just because that's been your experience, that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be those, the others that are coming in. And because you're still there on the reins, of course, it won't be the same experience. It will require you to navigate this differently. So one of the most powerful things in this situation, and Lynn Sykes was amazing at this because when she was asked to facilitate, the first question she would ask when she had all family members linked to the business and the land 
in the room, the first question she would ask was, how did the current asset owner, how did they come to the land? And when that person would say, you know, it was by death of my father or um, it was I bought it, you know, I was asked to pay X amount for it or after 10 years of owning it, then I bought part shares or whatever the experience was. When that was put up on the whiteboard, she would often defer to this as an insight so that everyone in the in the room could see that that experience for this asset owner or this business owner was what his experience was. So that was the lens with which he was operating. And, and so say, for example, another way that this could play out is that if the owner of that business had been someone who'd got that land because the father generally had passed away and it was only on death, then it was really, really common that the current owner in the business by default was expecting that he would only hand over at death. Now, a lot of this stuff is not conscious. This is, you know, stuff that we, these are our operating systems on a subconscious, unconscious level, and we're not realising that this is what's behind a lot of our beliefs. And 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 as you listen to this, some of you might go, oh, my God, that's why we're operating that way. The value now is you get to choose. And that's what Lynn was doing in those meetings. She was able to show pieces of information that helped others in the room understand why a person was operating a certain way. Did it make it right or wrong? No. But what it did is gave awareness as to why people operate this way. Now, we operate a certain way based on our beliefs but we also operate based on our familiarity with past experiences until we don't. So we get to choose, but only with awareness. So this second point is just be really aware of the lens with which you are operating. How did you come to the business? How did you work the business? How did you create the business? How did you and your husband and partner, how did you navigate all that? Because the way that you've experienced that, unless unless you know better, the way that you've experienced is exactly how you'll expect the next generation to do it. Now, you can change that, but you can't change anything you're not aware of. So if you've got some challenges brewing because there are new family members coming into the business that are operating in a very different way, totally different belief systems, know that they come with a different experience too. So say, for example, in my experience, I didn't come up on the land. I, I didn't grow up in an all-pervading environment where where you slept every night was also where you worked every day, seven days a week. I just didn't. I mean, I was prepared to buckle in and do things, but I it took me a long time to understand the rules of the tribe. <laughs> and it was a tribe. It is like coming into a tribe when you come into a family business, whether you're on the land or not. It's If it's not on the land, you could call it the firm. And there are rules of engagement and expectations. And our expectations come from our experience unless they don't. And the only reason they don't is because we know better and we know and we choose a different expectation. But you need a level of awareness to know that. 
So number two, it's very much about just be careful of your default settings, be careful of your lens. And if you're coming up against some resistance, look look within first. And I mean, you'll know that that's it. Like look at what experience are you coming from? What lens are you coming from? And see what impact that could be having and see how you can shift that. And that leads 100% into my third point. No surprise, my third point. Communicate, <laughs> I can't even say the word out probably. Communication, 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 communication. Those businesses that I have watched navigate intergenerational change, and that means succession as well, but bringing in other business partners and, and navigating that whole picture have been so conscious of communication. Does that mean they were perfect? Absolutely not. But their intention was communication, 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 not expectation, unconscious expectation, communication when I felt like it, mind reading. Once again, if you grew up, if your lens comes from a previous generation that had crap communication, your default will be crap communication. So you've got to work on this. But bringing in other generations, bringing in other humans from different tribes and different backgrounds, bringing into a business, it's no different bringing any other workplace, bringing in new employees. And whether these people are being paid or not paid in your business, if you are in a family business and particularly on the land where it is all consuming, you're in it seven days a week, communication has to be a priority. And my experience is that those um, businesses that recognize this also recognize that that was not their strength. So they will bring in someone that can support them through improving communication. What are some of the things to improve communication? Structures and systems and job descriptions and org charts and um, systems of communication, such as monthly meetings and Um, quarterly updates and annual plannings and budget sessions. And, you know, these are so fundamentally important to any business, especially if you're bringing in family members. So, you know, it's so important that communication becomes your key intention. And when you intend that and your belief system is that you see communication as vital, your actions and your results will move from there. So believing communication is strong, your actions will be, well, this is not something that we're really strong at. We'll bring in someone to help us bring in this structure and this communication. And then the results will be less resistance, less turmoil, because people will know what's expected of them. You you imagine a corporate structure like the NAB Bank, for example. And I mean, I know that is a massive, massive entity, but it started small. And as they started bringing in different employees in, it was evident that you had to have structures and job descriptions and expectations and pay structures all based around that because you can't get to that level without it. So if you're in a family business and you don't have strong understanding of who's responsible for what, when they're responsible, when they're not responsible, what's going on with holidays, what's going on with who gets certain pays and who doesn't and 
family members that are active in the business and family members that are not and all of this stuff, if there is not clear understanding around things like this and you are wanting to go into a succession process, man, oh, man, I think it's like having one hand behind your back, both feet tied and being thrown into the water because where the discontent and where all the emotional frustration comes from is lack of knowledge of wondering what is expected of me. So when we talk about a support person, I just want to say that it's really common that businesses will bring in um, accountants or lawyers or even succession planners. You know, they'll bring in someone with um, that sort of consultant background. And I've seen all levels of success happen across this. But there are three key characteristics that I think are so important for anyone navigating this. The three characteristics of the support person you bring in for whatever period of time. Some of them come in as a project, get you all set up, and then you run it yourself. Others are in there for the long haul. Number one, they have to be objective. They need to be someone that you know has got the best interest of the business at heart. Number two, experienced. And when I say that, has got life experience as well as experience in your industry and particularly if it's a landed a business on the land it's it's important I believe this is just coming from me it's someone that has some understanding of the challenges of being in a family farming business and then the third thing it's actually people orientated it is very easy to bring anyone into your business to set up systems and structures but if they are not someone that has a background of human behaviour, I think it's a bit of a short-term fix. That's just my personal opinion. And the reason is that is that after everything I've learned over these decades, humans that can read other humans have just got a superpower when they are in groups of others and helping them to come to a commonality because they actually can understand different operating systems. So be really careful bringing in someone who's very systems orientated that doesn't really care about the people factor because businesses at the end of the day are just groups of humans and humans want their needs met. And when humans feel their needs are met and they feel safe, then they are incredibly productive. So just to sort of wrap up on those three main points is it's number one, it's be really clear that you are not your business. You have a business, but you are you. And the the more that you invest in being the best you who has this business operating at its best state, wow, that is a really powerful piece. But being divorced with your identity is so important. Number two is that be really mindful and be really aware of what was your experience coming into the ownership of this business and just knowing that that's the lens with which you will default to as you look down the future. Doesn't mean you have to change it, but know that that's the lens. And if you are having resistance, it's worth you considering other, you know, changing your lens. Third thing is communicate, 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 set up practices that bringing the strongest communication and it will be, you know, it will be a more effortless process. Now, lastly, but by no means least, this is a little shout out to my matriarchs. I've started with my matriarchs and I'm coming back to you now. 
I think a common mistake for these beautiful women is they've got, you know, numbers of years that they want to start, you know, stay working in this business and being part of it and watching the next generation come through and 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 being part of that whole process, which is beautiful. And I'm very cognizant I would have been probably very similar to that. There's also a part of any midlife woman who's coming into, you know, the fifth decade and beyond that will want to be doing some things that she may or may not have had the chance to do leading up to then. And by having this business and being part of this business and being this role in this business is so easy to defer your needs at this point until it's all sorted or until your husband or your partner is ready to start looking at different things like more travel or other hobbies or living in another part of the world or or doing something amazingly different from what you've done till now. And if that is you, I want to call you on that right now. <laughs> and I have a great free guide that I'd love you to download. The link will be in the show in the notes. Because one of the saddest things is to defer that until because it doesn't mean you have to go and do any major shifts, but by, you know, getting yourself as the role model in this process and starting to look at what are some things that you would love to consider as part of your next chapters now, even while you're navigating all this change with succession and bringing in family members and all of that stuff, getting started on that in the smallest way possible will feed you and feed who you are and and feed your needs and humans that have got those needs being fueled and nourished and honored are just happier and what's interesting is other family members will look to you as a role model as you start to play in this space i'm not talking about massive changes but i'm talking about and i do this in the um the workbook and the guide that i get you to download is just to start entertaining what life could look like for you outside of the, you know, the, the, the role you're currently playing as the matriarch. Because as it, it all comes back full circle to being realizing you are not your business, you are you and you're part of that business. And, you know, it is so healthy to have parts of yourself that are not at all linked to the business because that helps fuel you on another level. It doesn't, it's not disloyal and it doesn't mean that you'll be less productive in the business. In fact, it can increase your productivity in the business because you get different perspectives and new experiences. So please, if I'm saying things now that make you go, oh my God, she's in my head. Well, you needed to hear that. <laughs> and I would deeply love you to honor that and just with curiosity, download that guide and have a go and get back to me if it's, you know, giving you some strength to move forward in what you want or it's confused the hell out of you and you want to know more because I think as a matriarch in the position that I'm talking about to to be that woman now at 55 I know it would be so cool that I was able to have the role I have and enjoy it for what it is as well as feed my own you know purpose and soul of who I am as a person and that would be the gutsiest way I could think of living in business and particularly in business on the land. So I look forward to any feedback on this and I hope you've enjoyed it. Have a cracking day. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. Are you struggling to get on the same page with your husband about this next chapter of life? Perhaps you're ready to talk about retirement and succession planning and he just doesn't want to discuss it. Make sure you download my free guide to getting on the same page full of actionable steps and exercises to help you plan what's next. Click on the link in the show notes in your podcast app. If you haven't already, I'd love you to subscribe and send this episode to a friend who may need a little reminder that she's a gutsy lady too. See you next week.